Welcome to Psychs in the City, the modern day mental health podcast brought to you by Dr. Ditzel Psychiatry. Each week, New York's top psychiatrist, Dr. Jeff Ditzel, is going to bring you an interesting mental health topic to continue the conversation and help end the stigma surrounding mental health. No topic is off limits when it comes to Dr. D Psychiatry. And with that, here's your host, Dr. Jeff Ditzel. Welcome to another episode of Sykes and the City. As always, I'm joined by Dr. Jeff, but today we have a very special guest joining us, Tabitha from The Practice. How are you? I'm good. How are you today, Taylor? I'm good. Thank you for asking. I really appreciate it. Jeff never asks me how I am on these. (laughs) (laughs) That means a lot. It's typical. Typical. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. I wish That's I could fine. sack you for the car. How are you? I <laughs> oh, don't start now. It's too late. It's too late. <laughs> We're 16 episodes in. Way too in. late. Way it's too, too late, late for that. <laughs> so I wanted to have this chat today because it seems to be a recurring theme with, you know, even in my friendship circle and even with people outside my friendship circle that people are struggling with their friendship circles. Now, I know that sounds really cryptic, but I feel like this pandemic has really given a lot of people the opportunity to kind of reevaluate the people in their life. But not only the people, but like the things they're doing in life to either make them happy or, you know, that normally they rely on to get on through the day. They've got to a point where they don't quite need that anymore. So I kind of wanted to get a professional opinion on how you would handle potentially not necessarily cutting people off, you know, like from like a mentality point of view, like, is it safe to say like you can outgrow people? Yes. Thank you for joining us on this week's <laughs> episode. <laughs> yeah, I, friendships, I think, are useful to look at or relationships in general as they have a season and that season can end, you know, or it can change. Um, so when the friendship's more active and, and it's perhaps more positive, you might spend more time with the person and um, just as the world gets uh, busy or people's schedules get busy, um, sometimes the relationships dwindle and you have to kind of expect that that they can do that you have to decide what if anything you want to do about it whether it's a friendship that you want to uh, do what it takes to improve or you know also be okay with the idea that sometimes people just get busy or or they have other priorities and um, the friendship can change and you don't necessarily have to bring it to you know the, the, the big kiss goodbye you don't have to say okay well we're, we're done you're not being a good friend to me anymore waving it's them just off on the platform yeah yeah <laughs> right right everybody has this big dramatic scene they have in their head well I'll just cut the person off or I'll do this and you don't necessarily need to do that yeah I think what you need to do is realize that relationships ebb and flow and um, kind of honor the friendship whatever 
level it was that you had at one time with someone and part of honoring that is making room for the idea that it can change and you can be okay with it it's easy enough to not have someone in your life you can simply you know not give them attention or 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 you know divest your emotion and you just it'll organically just kind of fade um i had a good friend have a good friend is uh, named dr pablo you know pablo and dr pete yeah and he I don't, uh I don't, i've never called him that i don't know why oh, i did that you know, never call him that never call him no, i don't know why i did that it's friday first, i mean good... first rule about dr <laughs> pete is never call him dr pete okay. but he's he's quirky and funny and you know he's a good guy and we used to work together over at Bellevue Hospital here in New York City, and um, you know we're thick as thieves. Uh, he's just a, a super smart guy. He's funny, good to good to know, and he followed me into um, the military, and he's done wonderful things. Had a great career in the military. He's still practicing psychiatrist as am I, and you know he's just a a good friend. Um, but over the course of time, we've both become busier. We've had families and, you know, uh, married and things of that nature. And um, matter of fact, I officiated at his wedding, which was pretty funny because I'd forgotten that I have um, performance anxiety when it comes to speaking in front of large groups because I, I just hadn't done it in that, in that manner, yeah. you know. Uh, so I... We were in our dress blues at the Yale Club or something because his wife graduated from Yale. She's also a psychiatrist, Mitzi. And so we uh, we started to go down, like towards where I was going to say the vows and where all the people were. You're going to uh, witness. And I, I was like, "Oh shit! I forgot. I've I've <laughs> like I have a fear of talking in front of a large group." <laughs> How so, did that not cross your mind when you were it asked just, to do It's that? been so long. I think it's been since college. You know, when I would talk in front of the military and all that stuff, I would, you know, I'm talking about psychiatry and, and it, it's different when I'm speaking of things that I actually know something about, I guess. So <laughs> when I'm saying vows, you know, um, it was different. So I, <laughs> I get down there and they, they, they filmed it. You see my buddy who's getting married, he arguably has the most to be uh, you know a little bit nervous about um, not that his wife isn't great she is but if anybody was going to be nervous it'd be the bride and the groom and they're cool as cucumbers Mitzi his wife is just like calm anyway under under any condition uh, Pablo he told me later he had been uh, souped up on beta blockers which you use for stage fright so he was on medication he was <laughs> Um, you could have let a bomb off near him. Meanwhile, they pan over to me, who's saying the vows, and I'm shaking like this, like I'm having a uh, seizure. <laughs> I was traumatized by the whole thing because they kept, throughout the evening, they kept, you know, they'd take the mic and we'd, we'd be in uh, the reception area and they'd say, oh, give a few words, and they kept coming back to me because, <laughs> and I was just, as a wreck, it's like, no, no. <laughs> So what's the what do you do about it? You start a podcast. <laughs> yes. It's called flooding. You just get over it. I'm so, interested to get um, Tab, like your opinion on this, because 
obviously you have a beautiful little girl and obviously we catch up on a like a regular basis about like you know we have these kind of conversations how have you found like the pandemic and you know with your circle and obviously because you've been you know going from florida to you know new york how have you found it all uh i mean i find it it's hard it's everything's harder when you have like kids if that makes sense you know you're your, your friend group changes because you're no longer aligned with kind of what you used to do prior to, but it's just, um, <laughs> looking at me, but it's just, uh, <laughs> uh, I just, you know, it's, especially the way schools are now too, because even in Tegan's school, I don't know any of the parents that are in her class. I don't even know a single yeah. kid that's in her class. I, <laughs> I saw the, her class picture and her spring pictures, and it's the first time I've ever seen a kid in her class. <laughs> you can't go into the school, you can't do anything, and so you can't even meet parents. So your friends can't become, your kids can't become friends with their parents unless you ask for like a phone list and then like meet up outside of the school. Yeah. It's, um, so it's just really, it's really changed the way that things have kind of happened in the past. It's quite weird, isn't it? Because even like, I mean, as adults, we kind of, we're having these kind of conversations because we can articulate the fact that, you know, our friendship circles are changing and, you know, life is happening in such a way that no one's kind of used to at the minute. But with the younger generation, that must be like really difficult to kind of you know well they don't even know these kind of conversations exist so even from like a like an anxiety point of view if you like Jeff do you think this is going to have like an impact for like years to come in the younger generation about you know it's like social anxiety isn't it like not wanting to mix or not in a way (coughs) not knowing how to yeah it will Uh, I'm sure I'm, I'm certain it will um Kids have been cooped up for over a year now. Yeah. Um, when they have interacted, it's been over Zoom, so they don't feel connected to uh, a lot of times the other kids. My kids moved out to Jersey, and they uh, they don't know a, a soul who they go to school with. They've seen them on Zoom, but they don't. They haven't had the time yeah. in between, you know, classes and uh, during social aspects of school to get to know people so um, my one little boy he doesn't like getting on the screen where the camera comes on because he doesn't know the people yeah right he's anxious about it um, so I'm sure it will have an impact you know I I think that one of the distinctions between adult friendships and childhood friendships is that kids are hanging out together right they're they're they have to go to like school for instance so a group setting and if you are around someone long enough you develop friendships Um, adults in their adult lives generally we're busy and where we tend to meet people is work mostly Um, unless you have some sort of shared activity or endeavor that you like doing like Tabitha likes kickball kickball, (laughs) right and you go still no idea what this is you're flying when you come to New York. FYI, <laughs> you are playing. I own the cheek. I'm up for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> but it's it's so, a really interesting point that you raised there about like even like being in like your adult life and you know being at work and in these social kind of environments. That's that's how you make friends. That's how you meet people. 
but obviously at the minute <laughs> I, mean, I work with you guys but i've never met you i've obviously we've built this whole kind of you know friendships and relationships like through a screen there's been no kind of activity so how how do you make friends now but like how how how'd you do that <laughs> please help me <laughs> it's the same way you did before with but with modifications so i think you have to be a little more proactive and put yourself in places where other human beings are so if you're holed up by yourself at home that's obviously not gonna fly yeah um, as far as making friendships or maintaining relationships but there's a lot you can do to do those things the um, remote conversations and communication uh, depend on what you're doing you can actually form very strong friendships and bonds with that I train with uh, Francis Benfado every day um, and I haven't been within 3,500 miles of where he lives in Marbella, Spain <laughs> but you know he I count him as one of my closest friends and um, the relationship is one that I you know prize um, one of the most um, yeah. satisfying relationships that I have and strong relationships that I have you're um, doing something you know that takes effort with someone who's helping you learn and, and coaching you and you form a very strong bond much like you and I have we've never been within thousands of miles of each other um, hopefully that changes fairly soon here <laughs> when you fly over here whenever that is going to be but um, you know you can develop very strong and, and good friendships if you're willing to make the effort I think that additionally moving forward is things start to open up as they are in New York City here um, realizing what it you know the ingredients of making friendships which is basically gathering in some way um, and adults generally like to do activities something that um, you can kind of put your focus on so it's not as um, strained right like just sitting, sitting across from somebody you just met and don't know that's kind of awkward but if you're doing an activity together, then you can pay attention to the activity and along the way, you kind of come in and out of the conversation. I think that's a, a, a decent way to make friends. And if you do it a few times, right, even back before all this, when I would take my, my sons over to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu over at Renzo Gracie's, um, I would bump into the other parents and you bump into someone two or three times and before you know it, you get a name and you're, yeah. you're just, you're, you become friends somehow. So I think it's much the same way, but maybe with more intention and maybe a more selective eye towards the friendships. What I was saying with Pablo though, that whole story about Pablo, right, was leading somewhere. So I want to come back to it. Um, where it was leading is at some point, though we've been fast friends for a long time and we have all these inside jokes and twin talk and all this nonsense we do, um, both in the military and outside of it. Um, at some point, I really didn't see him very much. He works in the hospital. Um, I work in private practice and we, we just, unless we were going on a military duty together, oddly enough, we didn't see each other much. So there was a point where I realized, well, our, our friendship has changed. He's still a dear friend of mine. I can call him day or night and he knows he can do the same. But on the day-to-day, -day, we just don't see each other as much. He doesn't know what's going on in my life 
on the day-to-day or what's going on even necessarily within the in the practice and all that so there was a point where I was like oh I guess we're not friends anymore right or (laughs) or close friends and then I realized well no we're we're good friends it's just we have more history together than we have time in the present and you know for me it was a decision of well do I want to withdraw from that or am I okay with just sort of an occasional hell fellow well matter how are you doing and in the end I realized well friendships have a season you know ours is maybe come into the fall or winter of our friendship but it still remains intact so I think the the understanding becomes relationships can ebb and flow and you have to kind of cup them gently like water and 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 they'll survive and they'll be okay on the other hand if relationships change or alter where they become uh, not need fulfilling or or even toxic then especially in today's current situation it's probably good to prioritize and let those go if they're not serving either person or one of the people then be okay with letting them go what advice would you give though if there was someone who felt kind of guilty for outgrowing people or wanting different things like what what would you suggest like from a mindset point of view a lot of times our initial feeling on stuff or initial thoughts um is reflexive you know we we might get over uh over involved or over um swayed by initial thoughts and feelings on it i i would say if you're not doing anything intentionally to deceive the person or hurt them then you know realizing that a friendship or relationship is a collaboration if the other person isn't showing up you really don't have a friendship or or relationship anyway and you're better off letting go of it the fear of letting go of letting go is something that it takes at least two people to do yeah. Um, yeah. If it's not working, it, it, the fear of letting go of it shouldn't be the thing that keeps you in it. You know, a lot of people are in relationships because, not because the relationship's good, but they're so afraid of letting the other person go for fear they're going to be alone, especially in a pandemic, that a lot of couples are together who they're not really creating something um, in a relationship that's worthwhile. Yeah. And yet they're holding the other person hostage in it, maybe not being fully honest with them that the relationship isn't meeting meeting their needs or the other person's needs and so they stay in I think the loneliest place you can be is within a relationship where there is no relationship you know you've got all of the prohibitions and responsibilities of being in a relationship at that point and none of the uh, none of the goodies of being in a relationship it's kind of like holding on to a rope isn't it like the longer you hold on to it like the more it's going to burn but people are quite afraid to let go because they might they think they might fall right and then then what happens is might write that down yeah write that down that's beautiful (laughs) beautiful it's true though how um sorry carry on that's it and i i just think it's true and i i think that the longer that goes on the more resentments build because needs aren't being met and finally the relationship bleeds out anyway so it's better to go out on a high than it is to go out presenting them basically 
kind of yeah, it, <laughs> kind of ruined that. I think it's better to in such a nice way. <laughs> I think if you cared about the person, it's better not to to burn through the relationship entirely. You know, we I had a, I had someone that I was working with in the practice we brought in, and um, great guy, uh, actually my barber. <laughs> he's he's a good barber too, and so well, I mean, depending on what you think of his haircut, but he's a good barber, I think, and. So I had him come on just because he's a good soul, and he did nice work. But at some point, um, he was conflicted in his time because he has a barbershop too, right? And so he's trying to get this barbershop off the ground in a pandemic, um, and doing quite well, I'm happy to say. But at some point, I approached him and said, "Look, you know, for what we do in the practice, I need people who are like every single other person that we have the pleasure of working with, 100% committed to it." Um, and I said, you're just, you know, you're distracted with other things that are important to you and you got to do, but you're not able to give 100% attention to this. And so we should not do this anymore and do something else so that in the future, you know, we, we preserve the relationship and yeah. the friendship and we might do a different, um, you know, uh, project. Yeah, different project together. Like we were thinking of doing therapy, like hair th Don't tell therapy. me here. So oh, I might steal this. Don't, don't give away all the secrets. Oh. <laughs> God, our friend is going to steal this idea now. Therapy. Therapy. <laughs> don't say it again. Pair of yours. What are you doing? <laughs> 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 it's on to sound like a shampoo advert now. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, Tab, because it's quite rare that we have, obviously, three people on the, the podcast. So it's, I quite like this dynamic. How important do you think it is about finding your tribe, if you like, like finding like the right people to be around? I think it's super important. I think that, you know, kind of this pandemic just kind of made everybody reevaluate everything. Like, do I like my job? You know, do I like what I do in my spare time? Do I, you know, like the people that I talk to on a daily basis? Because yeah. I'd say... You know, I talk to you and Tiffany on a daily basis, but I some of my closest friends I might talk to like every other month, like friends from college. Yeah. But it, there's not there's not that tension of like, hey, like why haven't you called? Because it'll be an occasional like text, be like, hey, how are you doing? But it's like you just pick up where you left off instead of just having like I got busy, you got busy, like we were both just like busy, but you just pick up and it's just like nothing yeah. ever changed. It's just like. That's the kind of friendships that I look more forward to building versus then like the person that gets mad that you don't call them on a weekly basis to be like, hey, like, let's go do this because, you know, you have kids, like you have sports, you have, you know, just all these other things that just take up your time. And we're all workaholics. <laughs> That's <laughs> what, what we enjoy doing in our spare time. And so, you know, just kind of it's finding that life balance and those people that align with that, too. I just think that finding, you know, finding not necessarily people that enjoy doing the exact same things that you do, but just kind of prioritize things in that sort of way. Yeah. It's if, about finding that balance, isn't it? So I feel like we're in this generation of um, this kind of, well, this mentality of like, this person hasn't made effort with me, so I'm not gonna make effort with them. And it's like, well, if you have that kind of mentality, you're not <laughs> gonna find that right balance. Like, And especially like, to bring it back around to like mental health, like if you haven't heard from that friend in a while, there is nothing stopping you from dropping them a message to say like, hey, 
haven't heard from you in a while, hope things are good. It doesn't have to be a full-blown conversation, but I think it's just to reassure people that, you know, you are still there. It, you know, just because, like Jeff said, it's about, we might not be in the right season at the minute, but there's, you know, there's still something here. I think it is just about that being honest about, you know, this friendship may not be fulfilling what I need right now. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that was some really good topics discussed there. And I'm really intrigued because obviously this conversation has been going on for a while in over in the UK and quite clearly this is happening in America as well. So for anyone listening to this who's having these kind of thoughts and wants to kind of continue this conversation, give us a shout. If not, you know, you know where to find us over on the Instagram at Sykes in the City. Hit up the website, jeffreeditzel.com. That's not what it's called, but I will Jeff edit that. Psychiatry.com. That's why you're here, Tab. So there we go. A novel shop. <laughs> again. But yes, I hope you enjoyed okay. the episode and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Sykes in the City. The podcast is all about ending the stigma surrounding mental health. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, share with your friends, and follow us on social for more exclusive content.